Oh, hello, Jack, it said, its owner emerging from the shadows. Walter, I... Save it, lad, the man replied. I have to tell you, I resent your arrogance. I don't think you give me enough respect. Please, Wal... Rally held his hand up in the air. Sir Wally, everyone called him, but not to his face. I've got a better idea, Rally said. You cousin Jacks are a tough lot. I'm old enough to remember when your mob's idea of entertainment was to have stoning matches between rival villages. I once watched a gang from South Crofty Mine kill someone's pet dog simply because they wanted to stain their flag with blood so the other village knew what they were in for. He walked slowly towards Jack and now he was close enough to touch him. Jack stared at the bookie's lustrous grey hair, slicked neatly back off the high forehead. He could smell the pomade wafting from Raleigh's head, its scent mixing with cologne. His father would call Raleigh a dandy, smelling like a woman. The single dimple in Raleigh's cheek deepened when he smiled. But there was nothing friendly about Sir Wally when he reached up and lightly slapped Jack's face, his eyes narrowing and lips thinning. When verbal cautions don't earn respect, young Jack Bryant, I feel I must appeal to your more basic instincts. You tin boys understand brutality. Raleigh nodded at his men, and they let Jack's arms go. He resisted the urge to rub them, and the even stronger urge to turn and run. Though he was a born optimist, Jack knew he'd only get as far as the door before someone brought him down. I'll get the money for you, Walter, he said, trying to sound calm. Oh, I know you will. I just don't want to have to wait much longer. You're part of a new breed, Jack. You don't understand responsibility. Not like your father's generation. They worked hard, paid their rents, took care of their families. Whatever debts they had, they always paid. Perhaps I can... Sir Wally smacked Jack's cheek again. Jack's blood began to boil, but he fought it back. I'm sorry, he said, looking down. I know you are, boy, and don't get me wrong, Raleigh began expansively. I like you. You remind me of myself when I was your age, but you're unreliable. You're too reckless with other people's money. I'm sure your father has counselled you on this, eh? Jack said nothing. Walter Raleigh seemed to appreciate his silence. You're being careless with what is not yours. Is it true you've now got two girls up the duff? I hear old man Pierce is after your blood. Or a wedding ring. He chuckled to himself. I hope she's worth it, Jackie. She's certainly a pretty one. Can't say the same for Vivian Harris. Jack's mouth opened and shut again. Don't look so surprised. I'll make it my business to know everything I can about those who owe me money. Now, to be honest with you, I don't mind who you screw. But screwing me? That I mind. Wally, I don't have it right now, but I'll get... The bookie ignored him. 
In my experience, nothing achieves quite the same clarity of mind and purpose as what I'm about to show you. In fact, I am quietly confident, Sir Wally said, leaning close, that you will go home, take your mother's pearls, or your father's silver hip flask, or whatever you can lay your hands on that amounts to fourteen pounds in value, and you'll pawn it as fast as your two feet will carry you. I suspect we may never do business again, but you will have paid your debt to me, and I will have taught you a valuable lesson in life. You've got one week, my lad. He turned to the near-naked man. Now, sitting here patiently is George. He works the tuck baskets down on the shore. That would account for the terrible smell of pilchards in here. Wally wrinkled his nose. His wife, Gladys.